I, I want to somewhat write a letter today. And I want to entitle that letter, Dear Church Folks. Ah, people of the internet, it's EDB here. That's Eric Deshaun, Barrett Belong. And if you're listening to this when it's released, then it's Sunday, November the 8th a 2020. Well, game over, right? As of now, we have a president of these states united elect. His name is Joseph Robinette Biden. The vice president elect is Kamala Harris. It's going down. Some 70 plus days. The world is going to change. And we are around these parts are going to consider changing with it. We'll talk about that down the road today. Stay tuned. But right now, we got to get our minds right. I know that you are preparing. If you are following in the footsteps or the mindset, should I say, that we have around these parts, then you're getting ready to do something active. You're either going to hit the gym, you're going to go for a walk, ride your bike. You're going to do something, right? You got to get yourself together, though, first. Get your water. Get whatever you need to make sure you're ready. So if you'll uh, just take a few moments, I'm going to kind of give a break, get myself ready. We all going to get ourselves ready. Listen to this moment of consciousness, this moment of thought. And then after that, we'll be about that life. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. Good morning, everyone. Good Truly, this morning. is the day that the Lord has made, and we are rejoicing, and we are glad in it. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious, eternal, wise Father, we thank you. We give your name the glory and the praise. Father, we honor you with the fruits of our lips. Lord, you honored us with breath in our bodies, and you gave us the activities of our limbs. We're able to move the muscles and the jaw bones of our mouth, and you're allowing the vocal air, uh, the vocal cords to uh, vibrate as we give thought to our praise and worship to you, to give your name to glory for all that you've done, all that you're doing right now, and all that you are promised to do in the future. We do know, Lord God, that you are faithful God. If you said it, it shall come to pass. Lord God, we have a life full of experiences and testimonies of what you have done. And we thank you for that. And now, Lord, as we come before you this morning and as we come before you this day, Father, we empty ourselves of our thoughts and and we send, Lord, forgive us for anything that we have thought or said or done aware and unaware. Father, we pray that your blood will cover us and cleanse us and reposition us in the right place, in the right standing from you. That our ears may be opened wide so you could speak to our hearts today. 
God, we need a word from you. We need to hear from you. We have heard from many people uh, during the course of the last few weeks, but now, Lord, we need to hear from you. And, Lord, speak now. Your servants, your women servants, your men servants, hear it. We listen, Lord God, and we thank you. Father, we honor you, Lord God, because you honored us with your uh, of, of your blessings that you have stored upon us. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We ask that you will give us a peaceful election, and we we ask you, Lord God, to give us peace and don't let no violence break out. And and Lord God, we thank you because you did just that, Lord. And, and we know it's a process. And Father, we pray, God, even right now, Lord, that you will continue to move by your power. And, Father, we pray, Lord God, for those who have gotten elected, Lord God, to offices as to represent us on a, on a local basis and on a state basis and even on a national basis. Father, we pray now, Lord God, as they get their cabinets together, as they're prepared to lead your people, we pray, Lord God, that you will direct them and give them the supporting task that they need. We pray, Lord God, that they will honor you in all of their ways so their steps will be ordered by you. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that at the beginning of each and every day of their lives, Lord God, they will acknowledge you. They will pray. They will seek you. They will seek you for counsel. They will seek you for advice. You will be their deciding judge of everything that they would do. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you would surround them with your angels of protection. We pray, Lord God, that the words of their mouth and the meditations of of their heart to be acceptable in your sight. Father, we pray, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you will use them mightily, Lord God. There are people that are desperate in many situations and depending upon uh, the voices and the promises that they lifted up before you. Father, you said that if there's a vision, that you will provide the provision for the visions. And, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, as you are establishing us and reestablishing us in our governments, God, we pray, God, for the provisions. And now, Lord, we thank you for those, Lord God, who who are now transitioning out of power. We pray even for them, Lord God. We pray, God, that their successes will be in you. Lord God, that whatever road and whatever journey that they would take, Lord, we pray, God, that they too would acknowledge you and that you would direct their path. We pray, Lord God, that you would just do something mighty in this country still. God, we pray for unity. We pray for love. We pray, Lord God, that you will bind us together, regardless to political party, regardless to the color of our skin or our gender. God, we all are your children because you told the disciples to go ye into all of the world and preach the gospel to every man. And, Father, we pray, Lord, 
Lord God, in Jesus' name, as we stand in the gap for this world, as we stand in the gap for our cities, as we stand in the gap for our state, our nation, and the nations, we pray, Lord God, that your will will be established on the earth as it is in heaven. We thank you, Lord God, for people that are called by your name are now humbling themselves and praying and seek your face. Lord God, you, Lord God, will heal the land. Thank you, Lord God, for the healing that you're bringing forth even right now. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of men all of the things that you have restored for us. And we thank you for the treasury that you hold because, Lord God, can't no man give a dollar sign to it. It's too worthy. It's too worthy. They can't put a, it's too valuable, Lord God. They can't even put a, can't even put around their mind or the vastness of who you are. When the last time we checked the record, you owned everything. Hallelujah. You said the cattle on a thousand hills belong to you. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us the the ability to see in the spirit, Lord God, and translate it in our minds and speak it with our mouths that what you are saying, Lord God, is coming to pass because you got a few people that love you and don't mind praying. They don't mind seeking you, Lord God. And, and Lord God, you got a few of them on the wall this morning. You got a few of them on the walls, and we won't come down as Ezra, Lord God. You told them to rebuild Jerusalem. Now, Lord God, we're rebuilding Jerusalem. We're rebuilding the place where you can get the glory. Get the glory, Lord God. Back in our our schools, Lord God. Get the glory back in our neighborhoods. Get the glory, Lord, even in our churches where we're gone waxing, we're gone cold. Father, we pray that the fire, the power of your Holy Spirit will resurrect in these places, Lord God, and cause your fire to fall in the name of Jesus. God, we don't mind. We don't mind if you decide to use us for your glory. We don't mind, Lord God, if you decide to speak to us. We don't mind, Lord God, if you decide to use us, Lord God. We saying yes, Lord, to your will. We saying yes to your way. We saying yes, Lord God. Our hearts and our minds are open open to what you have to say. At the end of the day, Lord God, it's not about us. It's all about you. Hallelujah. I said it's all about you, Lord God. Sometimes our bodies ache with pain. Sometimes, uh, God, so many thoughts are going through our head and our heads start to hurt. But God, at the end of the day, it's all about you. It's all about you. You carried us through the storm. You carried us through the rain. You carried us, Lord God, when we didn't know how we got to where we got to. It was you. Lord God. It was you, Lord God, and we thank you. You kept us. We didn't even want to keep ourselves. You kept us, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God, for that. We thank you, Lord. We thank you because you had angels watching over us. Oh, when we didn't know we were in danger, Lord God, 
We thank you, Lord God, for that. You said in your word, yet though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall be no evil, for you, Lord God, are with us. And we thank you for being our rod and our staff. And we thank you for comforting us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of you forever. We thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to wait till our we are laying on our cooling board to give you glory and rest in you. We can rest in you while we got strength in our bodies. When we got the ability to walk and to see, to hear, to smell, and taste, and touch, we decided, Lord God, deliberately and intentionally to give your name the praise and the glory because it belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you. It belongs to you, Lord God. We got up this morning. We have a roof on our head. We got, oh, God, we can go to the refrigerator, Lord God. There's something in there to eat, Lord. Oh, God, we thank you. Oh, God, hallelujah. We got a front door that we can open, God, and see the sun, the rising of the sun, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We praise you for that. That's nobody but you. That's the evidence, Lord God, that you're yet keeping us. You're yet keeping us. Lord God, we can go to the clothes closet and open up the closet door. And we got a choice of what we can put on today. Hallelujah. We can look over there in the corner and see the shoes lined it up. That's no matter but you, Lord God. And if we decide to go to the store this morning or the church or house of worship, wherever we want to go, we got a little piece of ride that we can stick the key in the ignition and turn the ignition and the car will start up and tell us where we want to go. That's nobody but you, Lord God. And we thank you. And Lord God, nobody but you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord God. Nobody but you, Lord God. And we thank you because you're a great protector. You're a great, Lord God. You're great in all of your ways. In all of your ways, you are great. And we praise your holy name. God, we thank you, Lord God, for this church. We thank you for the pastor. We thank you for the word that you've given him for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for pouring out your spirit upon him, Lord God, and God giving him the charge, the charge to preach the word, instant in season and out of season. We thank you, Lord God, for strengthening him and building him up, and Lord God, raising him for this day, this time, and this season. We thank you for the prophetic voice that you have given him, Lord God, to have insight and foresight of what you're saying in this day, in this time, in this season. We thank you giving him the strength and the power to lead. I said the strength and the power to lead in your name. Father, we thank you for what you've done in 2020, Lord God. We are excited and overjoyed what 2021 is going to bring for your people. Ah, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. We made it, Lord God, and we thank you, Lord God. And we praise you and we give your name the glory. There is none like you in all the earth. And that's why we give your name the glory. That's why we give your name the praise. Because it's due you, Lord. It's due you, Lord God. Thank you for my mama. Thank you for my mamas on this line today. We thank you for them, Lord God. Thank you for the 
strength that you're giving to them all in their fingertips and all in their joints. We thank you, Lord God, for lubricating the joints and causing the muscles to stretch and give them flexibility. Thank you, Lord God, for rebuking uh, rheumatism and autism and, and arthritis, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for giving them good minds that they can remember and recall, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. We praise you for that. There's nobody but you, Lord God. Nobody but you. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing right now. You are great, God, and you are greatly to be praised. And we pray this. And we pray this. And we give your name the glory because it belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We thank God for this time of prayer. We thank God for all of you that have joined us this morning for uh, the first virtual church service. And we thank God for all of you. The Lord woke us up this morning. We have a reason to praise him. Hallelujah. We got a reason to give his name the glory. We thank God for the time of prayer. And during that time, maybe... It was something that was on your heart. And maybe it's something on your heart right now that you would like to pray for. And this is what this time right here is for, for you to gather your thoughts and gather the things so you can release them to the Lord. So when the word comes and when the rest of the day comes, you can relax in freedom knowing that you have your petition before the Lord. And now as we go to the Lord, let every one of us now take a few moments and then just, just, just go to the Lord in, in, in prayer in your own way. Something about 
There is something about
he's our provider. He, he's our, uh, uh, I want to say, he, he's our teacher, obviously, and we have to listen to what he has to say and what he's told us and what he's left us in the Word. The Word is the Bible, and the Bible is, is uh, something that we should hold on to and glean. Um, like Pastor Bruce said, Jesus, Jesus. Sometimes, you know, we just have to say it, Jesus, and say it with, with meaning and conviction, Jesus, Jesus, fill me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, give me that strength I need, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus, you are, you are who you say you are. You are my light, my salvation, and you are the shining bright in the darkness that we live. You are the, uh, you give us the strength that we need. You give us the understanding that we need. But most of all, you give us the will to be brightness in this dark world, be brightness to the people that live next to us, the people across the street, the people that we come in contact with. It is even more important that we be that light that God wants us to be the shining light in the darkness of this world because it is a dark world I think we all agree on that we've seen the dark world we've seen the world go through changes and still going through changes but we as Christians should be the shining light the shining light that Jesus tells us to be and that the Bible tells us to be we should be the shining light for God because God needs us to be in fellowship with him uh, and be the, uh, his advocate on this earth and, and outshine, outshine the adversary, outshine the devil. So we should be, remember that Jesus was in the beginning and he is now and he ever, and he ever always will be. So when we say that name, like Pastor Bruce sang about and talks about it, Jesus. We have to remember who Jesus is and what Jesus means to us and what God means to us. So we build on that strength. We build on that shining light that we have and let that light shine from, from us to the community, to our friends, to our family. You know, it's always easy not to say, but it, it's an important word to say. And that word is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, the Bible, tells us who Jesus is. God gives us the enlightenment to know through the Holy Spirit who Jesus is and what Jesus has done in our lives and what he will continue to do, how he provides for us and protects us. So we have to thank him. Thank him on a daily basis. Yes, thank you, Jesus. And give him all the praise, not only today, but every day. Amen and amen. My friends, I mentioned earlier in our time, if you'd allow me to cut right in here, part of my reason for cutting in is because I am anti just throwing you out some content. We have a 7 a.m. call that many of you know about. Many of you may even participate in it when you would like to get up or when you can get up. You can do so. Hold on, let me give you the number right here so you can write this down if you want to call in, especially if you're somewhere in these states united. I wouldn't go east, or should I say west of uh, of Dallas, Texas, 
because uh, it's about 6 a.m. that you got to call in 545 over there. But if you somewhere in that area, you know, you might want to call in on Sunday morning. You can just dial 518-263-8488. That's 518-263-8488. Or what you can do is you can just say to yourself, you know what? I'm good listening to it like this. Somewhere around the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday morning. I'm about that life. I'll just hang around here. I'm cool with that too. That's the whole point of it. This is an opportunity for us to reach each other no matter where we are or what we're going through. We used to say that when we first began these times of, of connection. And so now that you're dead into your activeness, which is another piece, because I believe not only should we build our spiritual life, our bodies should be built as well. Being active, going for daily walks or at least uh, four times a week, three three to four times a week, doing something to get our adrenaline up, get our health right, you see what I'm saying. And so that is, that is why I believe, if I could just go ahead and throw this out there, we have these conversations these podcasts, if you will, on Sundays and on Wednesdays. It's a moment for you to get in there and do something that you probably wouldn't have done before. It gives you the reason, the support that I hope you need to be able to pull those things off. Uh And then, as we look at change... Excuse me for sniffing in your ears. Seasons are changing. Calls for allergies. Things bother us. And not only are things bothering us because of the seasons are changing, but the country, these states united. Most of you listen uh, via or from somewhere, should I say, in the confines of these states united. But then there's others of you who listen in other places. I, I don't necessarily remember the logistics or should I say the uh, demographics. Thank you for allowing me to blunder. But somewhere, mostly in this country, you realize, and even in those other demographics, if I remember them correctly, or or if I can somewhat think towards them, most of them, uh, dare I say, are countries that sympathize with America. So you're feeling pretty much the same way. The country is changing. 75 and counting million people have sanctioned this change, and that's the 75 million on record. We're not talking about those who were unable to publicly declare themselves, their allegiance, if you will. Their their voice was not heard, but they're still on the Biden train or the train of change. Uh And so because of this change, I feel that there's something, there's something, there's something. That needs to be addressed. You know what needs to be addressed when I think about it? 70 million people thought that Donald Trump should remain president. 70 million people. Excuse me again for sniffing in your ear. 70 million. Why? Most of it because of a lack of understanding. And so over the next four years, we're going to do something 
daring around here. We're going to do civics. We're going to do history. We're going to do economics. Both personal and professional. We're going to do health. And most importantly, we're going to spotlight and encourage each other. I'm going to explain that a little bit more down the road. But these things are necessary because I believe it is the catalyst for why that 70 plus million people believe Donald Trump should remain president of the East States United. And so as we're sitting here having this conversation, you and I, I've distanced myself from the 7 a.m. crowd. I don't want you to hear the announcement I gave to them because this is a whole new audience. You're a whole new people. The one thing I believe that they're messing up in in our communities of, of education, or should I say in our communities of communication, even though there is a lot of education going on in that, so that does fit, but not in the context by which I'm trying to, to speak with you now. Those persons are putting out the same thing, not taking into consideration there are many different audiences. And they all have many different ideologies. I believe that you are different from the 7 a.m. crowd and you have different ideals, different outlooks on life, different perspectives from the 7 a.m. crowd. So we look at the world differently. So that's why I cut in and do our personal announcements. You and me, we have a talk between ourselves. One that is not disseminated in the other time. It's between you and me. So if you would, consider. As we, this 70 plus days, we head into January. Would you consider doing a few things for me? Number one, sharing this podcast with everybody you know needs to hear it. You're going to hear me talk about YouTube coming up in a minute. Go ahead over to youtube.com forward slash Eric Brady. Hit the subscribe button. It's going to be a thing down the road. It's going to be a lot of things. We have a, our newsletter that comes out. Go over there and subscribe to that. Hey, it's edb.substack. I believe is what it's called. Let me, let me, wait a minute. Let me, let me make sure that I got the right, the right address here. It is, uh, let me go over here and not, not look at the, Mike, you know, the Donald Trump. Hey, it's edb.substack.com. Yep, that's what it is. Substack is S-U-B sub stack S-T-A-C-K dot com. Hey, H-E-Y-I-T-S-E-D-B dot S-U-B-S-T-A-C-K dot com. Was that too fast? I hope not. I hope you. So we're going to talk about that later on as we we move in. But I want to prepare you for where we're going. Where I believe the focal point should be over the next four years. Well, if you are ready now, maybe you are hard on the treadmill. I'm just assuming and imagining, should I say, is a better word. Thank you for allowing me to figure that out on the fly. Maybe you're just in need of a little break right now. We're going to just go ahead and take that just for a few minutes. And then we're going to get into the conversation of the day.
Come on, Bell. You gonna play for us? You gonna? I'm right here, ready. Yes, you're I'm going ready. to lovingly bang on those keys. Yes, I'm banging. <laughs> I'm banging. The okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, verse 14. Romans chapter 10, verse 14, and it reads, So how can they call on someone they do, do not have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone they haven't heard of? And how can they hear without a preacher? So how can they call on someone they don't have faith in? And how can they have faith in someone 
they haven't heard of and how can they hear without a preacher if I could today I want to some of you will admit that I am very good at writing letters I want to somewhat write a letter today. And I want to entitle that letter, Dear Church Folks. Dear. Thank you, Mama Bay. Oh, my goodness, excuse me. Now, Father, we ask that you will allow me the opportunity to present your case today, that all those listening both now and forever will without shadow of doubt hear what you are saying. In Jesus' name, in all agreement, say amen. Amen. <laughs> Millennials. I've earned a reputation for reshaping industries and institutions, shaking up the workplace, transforming dating culture, and rethinking parenthood. They have also had a dramatic impact on American religious life. Four in ten millennials now say they are religiously unaffiliated. According to the Pew Research Center, in fact, millennials, those between the ages of 23 and 38, I got about two years to go before I'm out the millennial category, so go ahead and, and we'll put that to bed are now almost as likely to say they have no religion as they are to identify as Christian. You mind if I read that again? Those between the ages of 23 and 38, that's your grand cheering, your great grand cheering, your great grand cheering, that's some of your cheering, are now almost as likely to say they have no religion as they are to identify as a Christian. For a long time, though it wasn't clear whether this youthful defection from religion would be temporary or permanent, it seemed possible that a millennial, as a millennial, pardon me for that moment of blunder, grew older at least some would return to a more traditional religious life. There's always been this struggle, if I can give you more context there. The children are born and then they get to that 18 mark and they no longer have to do what their mama's telling them to do. They go out the door, but traditionally, Historically, if I can just be clear, 
has always argued that somewhere around the 25 to 30 mark, somewhere up in there, 35 to be sure, they'll come straggling back in the door like the prodigal son. But there's mounting evidence now that suggests something different. Today's younger generation may be leaving religion for good. Social science research has also suggested that American relationships with religion have a title quality. People who were raised religious find themselves drifting away as young adults. We talked about that a few minutes ago. Only to be drawn back in when they found spouses, begin to raise their own family. As the old grandma would say, when you get out there and try to raise some brats, you realize you need some jeans, you're going to have to step back on in here. That was the, that was the no one. But some have argued, as the days grow long, that young adults just hadn't yet been pulled back into the fold of organized religion, especially since they were hitting major milestones like marriage and parenthood and so forth and so on. Now millennials, they have spouses. More millennials have mortgages than ever before. Most of you knew when you were 19, 20 years old, black folks didn't get mortgages. But now, more African-American young people are having mortgages. They're raising families. They have spouses. Their children are all in the same house. That, that, that's getting better. But there's little evidence of a corresponding surge in religious interests. I'm not putting you to sleep, I hope. A new national survey. Y'all, y'all ain't sleep on No. no. All, all right, just make sure I ain't put you to sleep. All right. Got your pen and paper. You taking notes. I like Mama Bear. Mama Bear, listen. Right on. A new national survey. If I could just go ahead and finish my thought. From the American Enterprise Institute. Now, I like polls that tell me who to talk to. See, some of these polls... They just say, you know, we polled the American people and they say 85% said something. You can't pay attention to them. That's why y'all was stressed the whole week. They told you Biden was winning here, Biden went. They don't want to poll two people and got a percentage. But these people said they talked to 2,500 Americans and found a few reasons why millennials may not return to the religious fold. Now, I don't have to tell you. You've been down there at the church. You know what's going on. What you what you thinking in your head right now is what they say. 
So we'll just skip right on by that. Because millennials may be the symbol of a broader societal shift away from religion. That's where I want to hang my hat here in just a few. But they didn't start it on their own. No, no, no. Their parents are at least partly responsible for a widening generational gap in religious identities and beliefs. They were more likely than previous generations to raise their children without any connection to organized religion. According to an AEI survey, 17% of millennials said they were not raised in any particular religion compared to only 5% of baby boomers. For those of you who are wondering, most of you on this call are baby boomers. A few, then one in three, 32% of millennials, say they attended weekly religious services with their families when they were young compared with about half, 49% of baby folks. If I could have a moment of personal privilege, I was sitting down with Pastor Bob. You know, we talk every week now. And we were hammering out some things and he began to explain to me the Baptist culture back in the day. He being more of a Southern Baptist, I coming more from a holiness, classical Pentecostal mindset. Despite the differences of opinion as it pertains to the Reformation, fundamentals was pretty much the same. You went to church on Sunday morning. I was a couple Sundays ago, maybe a couple Sundays about three years ago. It's all a blur to me, so don't, don't hold me to timelines. As a matter of fact, it was a couple years ago because we ain't been in church this year. But I drove down Butte Street over in Norfolk, for those of you who may not know what I'm speaking of. And if you're not familiar with Butte Street, let me, let me give you a little bit of a picture. On Butte Street, you got St. John AME Church. You got First Baptist Butte Street, and right behind Dr. Murray over there at First Baptist Butte Street, you got Queen Street. And I sat and I drove down that street at about 12.30 one Sunday morning. And I could roll down that street very freely. And that's when I started to think about things. Because as I speak to many of you, you are familiar with those three institutions that I mentioned. And you also know that there was a time when at 1230, you won't get down Butte Street. 
You couldn't even get a little stick of chewing gum down that street freely with all the cars and what have you that was going on. But now, freely, you can go through those streets, find a parking space right in front of the church. Something, Pastor Bob was saying, was wrong. And most of the time when you went in those churches here lately, you very rarely found someone young. Oh, the babies were there because the grandmamas kept the babies on Sunday while the girls and the boys went to work. But that 18 to 25 crowd was gone. And then when you think about it, and the good thing about our community, if I can just go ahead and continue my moment of personal privilege. We are not like the other side of the persuasion. The other side of persuasion tell their parents where to go and how to get there. We don't do that, and that's a very good thing. I guess we prefer to have our teeth in our head and not on the floor. I thought a laugh would go there. I was waiting on my laugh. I guess I ain't going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) But still, even though we are not as defiant to our parents, there's still this mindset that we're not, we're there, but we're not all the way there. And that, Pastor Bob and I were discussing last Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever I went there, somebody who keeps my calendar can tell you if you really want to know. I don't begin to think. And I went back to my notes as I was putting this together and I thought about it. And I began to do more as they say homework. And I realized, I realized a parent's religious identity or lack thereof can do a lot to shape a child's religious habits and beliefs later in life. In more homework than I do, you know I do a lot of homework. It says the 2016 Pew Research Center, oh, we did 2016, I guess that's when we really, really needed some Jesus back then. The study found that regardless of religion, those raised in households in which both parents shared the same religion still identified with faith in their their adulthood. I guess that's where it comes into play. How can two walk together except they be in agreement and don't be unequally yoked? You know the conversation there. For instance, 84% 84% of people raised by Protestant parents, that, that's what most of us are, are still Protestant as adults. Similarly, people who raised without religion are less apt to look for it 
as they grow older, train up a child in the way that you go and when they're old, they shall not depart. You hear how the Bible is coming out here? The same Pew study found that 63% of people who grew up with two religiously unaffiliated parents were still non-religious as adults. There's more to why this is a thing. The rise of online dating, non-religious American, all this other good stuff. We're just rehearsing and rehashing at this point. But how about we get to the meat of the matter? Why I want to write this letter. And entitle it, Dear Church Folks. Because there's a little thing out there called... The God Gap. As I mentioned earlier, 70 some odd million people voted for the man who preached his sermon from the book of 2 Corinthians. Got a nice ring to it now. 2 Corinthians. I might do that one Sunday. Just to see how it works. Smack yourself, say, wake up. Wake up. Why am I saying wake up? Because I need you to hear. 70 million voted for this man. Why? Some of them, because of what they call the God Gap. It has been mentioned, and dare I say even argued, that in order for one to consider themselves a Christian, they must also align themselves with the Republican Party. This, in many circles, is a non-negotiable ideology. And those who dissent, full of the devil, claims one group who will remain nameless because I highlight facts around here and not ignorance. There was a little young man named Luke. 30 years old. He's living out of Atlanta. There's a lot going on in Atlanta now. I don't know if you noticed. He said he and his wife gradually shred their religious affiliations together. My family thinks she convinced me to stop going to church. Her family thinks that I was the one. You know, that he said, she said, they said. But really, Luke argues, it was a mutual understanding. We moved to a city and talked a lot about how we came to see all, watch this, the negativity Ah, that's where I want to get to right there. From people who are highly religious and increasingly, here's where it gets good, didn't want to be a part of it. This view is common among young people. The majority, some 57% of millennials agree that religious people are generally less tolerant of others compared to only 
5% of baby boomers. What does that mean? That means millennials ain't going to sit there and take what some of us took. I say some of us because I was in there too. Millennials ain't going to be... I was just watching a video with someone and they walked out of the room three minutes past the car custom. Now we would have sat there the whole sermon just shook a head and said to God be glory. But they're like, nope. And they hit the door. They're not going to take it. They've come to the conclusion they don't need it. And they're not going to tolerate it. Mandy. 32-year-old woman living in South Carolina who also had the same thought. She grew up in church regularly, but is no longer religious. She told us she's not convinced a religious upbringing is what she'll choose for her one-year-old child. My own upbringing was religious, but I've come to believe you can get important moral teachers outside of religion. And in some ways, I think many religious organizations are not good models for those teachers. Let me hurry along because I feel lonely today. I mentioned earlier that I felt fascinated over the past 12 years because it became apparent to me that discussions like this is more than just some made-up opinion piece. There's a lot of facts I gave you here this morning. A lot of data, if you will. If it's opinionated, it's heavily researched opinion. Centered around young people who apart from the, the argument of choice are not just people looking for an excuse to live in sin. I have argued you find young people out eating vegetables, talking about maintaining their body. I have seen most sinners talk about taking care of the temple of the folks. How do we stop and do something about the climate? How do we preserve our planet? How do we heal our planet and stop polluting it? I ain't never heard that in the pulpit. But I heard it down at the club. It's amazing to me. How I've seen with my own eyes over the past 12 years the hypocrisy, the degradation, and the manipulation of the Christian faith. Some of you have experienced it. That's why you, you feel some type of way. We're in agreement here this morning. We witnessed how this book, the Holy Bible, the manual in which we have personally, we're in agreement, I know we are, how convinced was designed as a roadmap combined with personal love letters from the creator. We, 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 we agree that it's been twisted and weaponized used to hurt folks. We agree on that. 
There's not a person on this call that ain't been hurt by church folks. They have had shed a few tears. Swallowed down a few emotions. I, on the way out the door here, I'm going to be finishing a few moments. I had to overlook or had to look back, should I say, at my own personal journey. I mentioned 12 years ago because that was the time that the black man got elected. I was working at a church over yonder in the light side of town over there near Light Skin Boulevard. Right at the corner of Band and the Red Drive. And I started listening to these people when the black man was elected and he was the Antichrist and all them people voting for him as the demons of, of destruction and they're going to destroy the world. I couldn't understand how this was coming from a church. How is this coming from people who are supposed to be the pillar of hope and oozing with love and yet they're doing this and saying this to people. I couldn't understand it. So I spent my time, took my Bible, threw it away a little bit. And then I had to come back and pick it up. A little something in you. That's why you come here. You got a little hurt in you, but you still got something in you that's going to pull you back to it. Now I read that book. I read that book at about 30. For the first time in my life. I don't think I ever, I've been in church all my life. I ain't never seen that book like that before. But I read it about 30. I read through it. And started finding little scriptures. Just started popping out to me. One of them I talked about with me some time ago. We talk about God's wisdom, which has been hidden as a secret. That's when I read right there. That's when I realized these preachers don't know what they're doing. Neither they called the few. There's a whole lot of people hollering in pulpits, but they don't know what they're doing. Don't pay them no mind. Many are called, but few are chosen. God determined this wisdom in advance before time began for our glory. It's a wisdom that none of the present day people, I just told you, they don't know what they're doing. They didn't understand because if they had known, they would have realized their tithe money was not wrapped up in arguing and begging people with fifty and a hundred dollar lines and embarrassing folks because they didn't have it. If they had known, they would have loved the people and educated them and gave them opportunities and maybe once the folks got two, three more dollars, they might have gave some of it back. If they had known. 
they would have realized that it's not in their precious Cadillac that's going to break down in about five to ten years. Or they gave us is going to go and turn over the hill when they shout too much. Or they $5 million suits and they just going to sweat the lining out of it. If they had known, can I talk about it if they had known? I started to heal. And I realized they just don't know what they are saying and what they are doing. They don't know. Then I went down a little bit further. And I listened. I, I listened to one of them preachers. I ain't going to name no names. I ain't going to spot no walls here. I'm going to be nice to y'all. I do about myself though. But I listened to a few of them preachers and they they holler about taking prayer out of school. We talk about that here. We know the world and do that of church folks. We talk about all these other things that have happened. We know they ain't, the, the sinners ain't got to do it at the church folks. But here's the thing. If you want to say the other unarguable statements, we'll let you have that. But let's talk about this. Because we definitely know who put them on the cross in church folks. It's church folks that lied on them. It was church folks that spit on him. Church folks who gambled over his clothes. It was church folks that mocked and laughed at him. But regardless, here's another healing piece to put under your belt. Just notch it up in that time. He looked down at them people. And he shook his head, Jesus did. He said, Father, forgive him. Why did he ask him to forgive him? Because they don't know what he's doing. I've discovered as I bring myself to a close. I realize, Brother Dennis said earlier this morning, when you focus on Jesus, sometimes you got to call it out like he did. You got to recognize it like he did. You remember that time. He arguably pulled Simon Peter to the corner. Sat him down and talked to him for a little bit. That's found in the EDB commentary for those of you who wonder where I got that information. He looked Peter square in the eye. He said, Simon! Simon, look, Satan has asked, notice with me, he does not bother his own people, talking about Satan. Why? He doesn't have to bother his own, he bothers the people who have access to what he's fighting. So when you see it, when they make you shake your head, realize they don't know what they're doing. Realize they don't have the wisdom. They just down there. And most importantly, realize Satan is using. So as we go, Because as I mentioned, we all been down and we all got, 
I can guarantee right now you thought about two people. They just pluck your last nerve. I got a whole list of them here. Where's my list? It's 25 people alone. But you might find one or two on your mind. You say, what am I doing with those two people? Well, go back to that that verse. Simon, Simon, look out. Satan has asked to sift you like we, but I, this is the mandate. President-elect spoke last evening about our mandate. This is the spiritual mandate for the next four years. I have prayed for you. Would you pray for them quietly? My dear grandmother is going to finish us in prayer, but but would you pray for them quietly? I don't want to know who they are. I'm not interested in talking about your preachers that make you mad. I know past them. I probably already know. Ain't no point in us getting our blood pressure up over. Would you pray for them that are blocking the doorway to our next generation? To the access that they need to get to their creator? We need them to get there because they got to find themselves. These young people. I got to talk about that in a minute. But they can't find themselves. Until we first get them there. And the only way to get them there is to get these folks out the door. So can you quietly pray over preachers from the north side to the south side. Just whisper a prayer in the morning. Whisper a prayer at noon. Whisper prayer to you when you think about them late at night. Just whisper prayer to keep your heart in tune. And then guess what? God answers prayer in the morning. He'll answer prayer even at noon. God answers prayer in the evening. So keep your heart in tune while you're praying. Grandmother's going to pray for us corporately and then we'll be gone. Most gracious and all wise Father, we come this morning to say thank you. We thank you, O Mr. Father, for another opportunity to call upon your holy name. And God, as we come right now, we come lifting up your people. God, you know their feelings, you know their attitude. You know their uprising and their downsitting. You know their thoughts and their ways. And merciful fathers we come. We ask you this morning to have mercy. Mercy, dear God, on your people. Bless those, O oh God, that's able to walk in the light of your word. But we lifting those up that's not able, that's not doing your way. Your word said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. 
and bring glad tidings of good things. So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God, we know you say, I got 7,000 men who have not bowed their knees to Baal. And God has become, we lift up those, oh God, that has been hindered and that has felt like you are not there. But God, open up their understanding. Let them know, God, no matter what people say, it's not what you say. Let them realize, God, that they got to come to you for themselves. Move the hindrance and the stumbling blocks out of their way. God, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the millennials. We lift up those, God, that has walked out of your will. We lift up those, oh God, that has used other people as excuses and not coming to you. And merciful Father, right now, we ask you right now to open up their ears that they might hear you. Open up their eyes that they might see you. Oh God, open them up that they might know you for themselves. Oh, God, help us to read your word. So many people have never read your word. They go on what people say. But, God, we're praying for them this morning that they will read your word, the letter you left back here, and how much you love us, how great you are to us, how understanding if we could just get your wisdom and your knowledge. God, we need your wisdom and knowledge this morning to know what to say, when to say it, how to say it, and where to say it. God, season our words with your grace. Season our words, O oh God, as we speak to one another, that we will be encouraged to one another, that we will lift up one another, not pushing somebody down because of their shortcomings, but God, help us to lift them up. <clears throat> help us, O oh God, because, God, we are hindrance in our, our sisters and brothers and families' ways, God. Help us, O oh God, to do it your way and not our way. Help us to crucify our flesh, God, and look to you for what's coming to our health and strength. We need you this morning, God. We need you, God. <clears throat> this nation needs you, God. All your people need you, God. Oh, God, help us this morning to look to you for what's coming to our health and strength. Help us this morning, God, to be what you want us to be, not what society says. Not what somebody else said, God, but help us to depend on you. Help us to read your word. And as we read your word, God, open up our understanding, God. Open up our understanding, God. We read it, but then we try to take it for something else. We try to put our feelings in your word. But help us to take your word for what it is. Because, God, you don't lie. What you said is true. And we have to take the truth of your word. And we thank you this morning, God. We thank you for these open doors, God, that we're able to get your word, God, that we're able to see ourselves and asking you to help us this morning, God. Help us to win some souls to you, God. You left us here as witness. Help us to be them shining lights to lead people to you and not from you. Oh, God, help us this morning. We need your help, God. We need your help, God. We need your help, God. Help us, God, this morning. 
and be them shining lights, them kind lights, God. Not beating one another up, but lifting up one another, God. Help us, oh God. This, oh God, to speak kind words one to another, God. Help us this morning, God. Brawl our tongues, God. Help us, that's not just to run off at the mouth, God, but help us, God, to live holy. We thank you this morning, God. We thank you this morning because of who you are, because you love us, God. You, oh God, is standing in the door. Now you will forgive us, God. You will forgive us, God. And help us, oh God, to get out that door and let your people come in. We thank you this morning. We thank you, we praise you, and we love you this morning, God. And, oh, merciful Father, be with us all. And we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Have mercy. Bless us. Well, my friends, we've come to the end of another time together. On behalf of the platforms on which you're listening, may I appreciate you. May I ask that you are certain that you've done whatever the platform has required, especially if you are one of those who might have found this on social media, Twitter, Facebook, that sort of thing. May you take and use this time to make certain that you are locked into this podcast so that you can get it. These conversations, every time they're released, you can do so by, again, whatever the platform requires of you. Liking, following, subscribing, adding. And then, once again, would you share? Would you share with all those that you are, you have it on great authority, without shadow of doubt, that they need to hear what we have discussed today. Would you do that? I truly appreciate it. I appreciate you for being here and I look forward to the next time we can do this. Until then, from me and mine, unto you and yours. Laters. Mm-hmm.